I'm, I'm a firm believer that our success as, as independents is going to survive on and thrive on personal risk management principles and automation. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Blip podcast, um, where we help agents build successful agencies. I am pretty excited today. I've got Chad Spade on with me. Um, I've known Chad for a little bit, and he is somebody who owns an agency. Um, he has for a while. It's fairly large. He's got a fairly large group of a fairly large team, and um, he's heavily into automation too. And it's kind of been a theme that we keep coming back to on this show: is um, automation, how it can fit into your agency, what are people doing, and how are they using it. And so, anyway, Chad, thank you so much for being with me today. Okay, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so I thought we'd just jump into it. Um, why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of a background, um, kind of how you got into insurance, where you're at today, um, what your agency looks like, makeup, all that kind of stuff. Sure. That's always an interesting story anyway, how we all landed here. Um, yes. Mine, uh, you know, I'm from a small town in Ohio, so my friend's parents always did uh, what I thought was well. And I asked his uh, stepfather one day, what do you do? He goes, well, it's kind of like a state farm agency. He goes, what I do is I buy seven years of Skier magazine and I sell it. <laughs> and it keeps renewing. So I was like, I already tried out every major that you could at Ohio State. So I was like, well, you can make money at it. So I became an associate agent with a nationwide agent and it just didn't grab me. And I left for a while and then matured a little bit and realized that there might be something to it. So I started this back in end of 2001 okay and really just I knew I wanted to be independent from the nationwide side of it the captive side uh, the guy I worked with there he's like you need to come to this meeting and see if you want to work for this company and I didn't um, so I knew that if I ever got back into it I had to be independent so I moved out to California for a while and then about five years later I came back to it and farmers had the only contract that I needed to do what I needed to do and uh, it was open and it allowed me to get in and slowly get independent appointments and let that go. I think it only lasted like a little over a year. And then you just keep check, chipping away. My, my first uh, package policy was like Progressive West with Western Mutual or Pacific Specialty. I didn't have a package. So just keep pressing at it, keep getting at the carriers and sooner or later you, you get them all if you want them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's how it is. Now we're about I don't know, 23 or four people or so in there. And it's funny, even after this time, I, I really think we're just starting. I, I think we're finally positioned to where we can grow. Um, and uh, it just takes a long time. There's a lot of bumps and bruises and you shift in and out of your passion a little bit along the way. But, um, you know, as you find your footing and go through all those things from employment to, you know, whatever you could go on forever. IT, bookkeeping, accounting, commission statements, yeah, carriers, loss ratios, all that stuff. And especially people, people are the only thing that hold you back. Um, and it's hard to find the good loyal ones that last for a long time. And I feel very fortunate about that. Um, I love everybody that works here. And most of the people have been here for, quite a while. It's just our newer agents that are still maturing a little bit. Um, so um, you've got 20, 
three people working there with you. How large the how large is the agency? Um, premium wise, uh huh. Yeah, we're. I think we're just a little over twenty million now. Okay. Um, and then, are you? Do you have one location? Um. Well, okay. Well, without going into the history, in the past, I've been very against anybody out of the office. Okay. Um, now, with technology the way that it is, it's it's enabled us to allow people that have shared time with us here move out. So now we have an agent in Utah, an agent in Dallas area, uh, one in Carlsbad, one in San Diego, and one of our best customer service reps lives in Bakersfield. And you would never really know that they're not here. Um, they work the same as they're here. It's, it's been great. So you, you miss the bodies a little bit, but it also frees up uh, more space for you and, and so forth to keep doing what you need to do. So I, it was a hard shift for me just because I was just dead against it for no reason for a long time. But I think if they spend time here and realize our culture, it, it can be done. It's not for everybody because, you know, some people, when they go work from home, it's either, I always have to have that conversation where, uh, you know, you got to be very careful not to let one win. And a lot of times, if it's not right for you to be on your own, and most of ours are in like satellite offices, attorney offices or, or oh, okay. something like that. Um, uh, but I think people could get into real trouble if they don't understand what it's like to be alone. And, and if it's out of their house, I think it's, it's even more dangerous because it could either be their work life winning or, or their personal life. If they really don't learn how to, I don't want to say balance because you're never in balance, but um, to try to find that anyway, to be able to shut it off on both sides of that fence. Right. Right. How to separate the two and, and have a clear division. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, cool, man. So you have, so you, you have your insurance agency benefit source insurance services, but then you also have pure potential. Um, tell us about that. Cause I feel like I know you you probably are passionate about insurance, but I know oh, that you love, I know that you love automation and, and streamlining things too. So um, yeah. Tell us about the pure potential. Well, this was just an accident, really. Um, it's, I originally had somebody put in some automation for me and it just didn't work out. And the more I looked at it, the more upset I got. And the more I started learning, and especially from the guys at, at Fix Your Funnel a little bit, they're um, big fans of what, what they do over there and, and how they they experiment with different forms of automation as far as communication goes. And it kind of snapped it together for me and I realized the power of it. So I just started banging my head all night long on the chat bot down there with the guys in India <laughs> for a while and, and just learning stuff here and there. But, but through my frustration and my disappointment of, of what somebody else could do for me um, really was the best service they could have done for me because I realized the power of it. And as I learned more and more, I'm, I'm a firm believer that our success as, as independents is going to survive on and thrive on personal risk management principles 
and automation. And if you can get those two balanced right, you can bring something different to the public. And, and uh, the, the deeper you get into it, the more you realize that the tools that are being offered to us to use are, are ridiculous. And um, I don't know too many agencies you can go into where they have a thing called prospecting momentum. And it's frustrated me because I used to be in a business before I got back into insurance where you could sell every day and kind of know your effort and kind of know where your month is. And yeah, you started over, but you had a gauge on it where we're always working out into the future. And when I started going into insurance offices back then, and I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you looking at the computer all day? Why aren't you selling? And it's like, I got a quote. Yeah. Oh yeah. You got to do that. What are you doing? Oh, I got a bike. Yeah. You got to do that. And then you get the interruptions, right? We're constantly interrupted all day long. And by the time it comes around to doing prospecting, which is where your growth comes on. And of course you try to nurture referrals as well. And, and we're successful at that, but, but uh, it's really hard for, I think agents to go through all that shifting in and out of task and dealing with the tools that we're provided with to actually get to the point to where they can be in the right state of mind and have time to create sales momentum. Yeah. So automation can do that. It can support you, but we also need to go to work on getting those systems out of our way to where we can create time, whether it's for service staff so they can help nurture our relationships or whether it's with our agents that are trying to grow that are still in that mode where they're not the referral only. Those are the guys that we need to have a transferable system to get them off to a fast start to where they can make it in this business instead of that full, that five to 10 year crawl of disappointment. And one day enough rate increases come and enough policies stick and, yeah. and they're making it, you know? Yeah. Um, we need to get back to the professionalism, the way it is where we, where we handle everything in the house and we we actually have the time to talk about that stuff on how do we really protect people and i think that's the way that well i know that's the way i'm going and uh, i i think that we all kind of need to go that way because we're all in this together you want your appointments i want my appointments and we all know like ai coming around and the carriers trying to pitch direct yeah and you know i think that only takes it so far because carriers going direct they only they still don't have the choice and there's still no with us on here like explaining you know different endorsements or holes in the policy and claims metaphors that actually happened yeah and letting them sit in the driver's seat and experience that a little bit they won't make a bad decision once they know better you right. know so that's the biggest thing is for me it's just all about automation and creating time for both service and your sales and then Automation will get you so far on that before you got to tackle the tools that were, were being handed. So with pure potential, what do you, what, can you tell us what that is? Like, I think everyone knows what insurance agency is. Yeah. So basically, you know, it's, you know, the, the Microsoft and Windows portion of that, the operating system is Infusionsoft. There's several other tools that go into that and we build our own Slack app called Funnel Cake that, is now integrated with Twilio and all kinds of uh, crazy stuff there that the communication part of it, but it really started by my own pain of being so disappointed at having like $80,000 of leads being completely messed up in my, in my Infusionsoft. Yeah. 
And then, uh, uh, you know, then my friend down the street is like, what are you doing? I'm like, you gotta see this. This is the greatest stuff. It's gonna allow me to do why I got, you know, to do and provide my clients with why I got into this business in the first place. I didn't get in to sit here and quote and, and gather data and do data entry and then call an underwriter and beg for it. Um, I got into build and create relationships and have that, that intimacy of them knowing that I'm providing value to them. And uh, so basically he saw what I was doing. He pops in about seven in the morning sometimes and I was showing him and then I build it for him. And then I was just on different groups and I saw people having problems and like, I'll just do it for you. Just let me know. I'll pop in there. And, and, uh, and then I got to the point where, okay, I just can't keep recreating this stuff. So I became a fusion soft partner so I can just drop most of it in. Some of it always need to be customized a little bit, but for the most part it's there. So Um, you help agents or, I mean, do you work with any, anybody outside of insurance agencies? Nope. Okay, so you work with insurance agencies to basically help them set up and run their automation. Yeah. Okay. It's starting to evolve into some other things, but it's all agent-based, like working with lenders and real estate companies, automating home quotes back, like no-touch stuff, where we just get the information and, and uh, hit the server, get the quote back, it goes to the prospect, goes to the realtor or mortgage lender, and then it kicks off our marketing tool. Yeah. yeah. So... Tell me about, okay, so well, I didn't mention funnel cake yet. I want to, I want to hear more about that because I know a little bit about it, but it's uh-huh. really, really interesting. Yeah. So I couldn't stand that name when my brother-in-law is a programmer. He's, a, he's the type of programmer that teaches the programmers. Okay. Um, so as I started discovering what Slack could do, what Slack could do for our pipeline, and uh, in uh, any way what it could do when you start segmenting the channels from like new lead to inbound text to yeah to any sort of engagement that the prospect has in your email or a client, we can grab all that and send it to Slack. And then I it just started first started with a text message like oh this is cool. And then like what else can I send there? So when you deviate the ch- or when you segment the channels right based from new lead to old lead where your marketing never stops because yeah. we all have that pile in our office that maybe yes. we don't even know where it's at and it's worth a lot of money. And depending on how long you've been in the business, it's a lot of money. Right. Right. And uh, very few of us have a hard time calling the leads, you know, contacting the leads as much as we should when they're new, let alone year three, four, five, six, whatever. And that's where the relationships are built. That's where the loyalty is built. So automation could do that. But so I started getting in to those Slack channels and segmenting it up and then building it out to where we do voicemails to them in the agent's voice and so forth. So it all started going there and I needed more and more tools inside of Slack. So I contacted Brad, my brother-in-law, and I'm like, hey, I know you can do this. And so he built a Slack app that's fully integrated with Infusionsoft. Um, and what that does is, you know, we can change stages. It has a hyperlink right to the client view where you can see everything you want to see. Mm. And you can set call notifications, custom fields. You can apply tags. You can make notes. And it's all real, real time updated over in, in Infusionsoft, which is really cool. And then... Um, 
So it just kept growing more and more on the functions and rarely do we need to go to Infusionsoft anymore. And then we recently brought Twilio into the picture. Now we'll have tap to call out of there and full blown in and out uh, text. So that's not gonna be dependent on the app being connected to Infusionsoft. So it could actually be a standalone texting system with, with uh, just Twilio and whatever you know, right inside of Slack. So it'll it'll open up the market for a little bit, but for the most part, you know, it's sold a little bit in the States, but for some reason, Spain loves the thing. I don't, I don't get it. (laughs) Never talked to them, but they caught on over there. But Nice. um, Because it's offered on the Slack store and it's the only thing that really can control every, every, most of the stuff built out there is just the whole purpose is shooting stuff in the Slack where this is actually controlling another program inside of Slack. Yeah. Wow. Um, Exciting part about that, but that one, I changed the game for us on prospecting a little bit because it's just time, you know, visibility of what's going on in your pipeline and knowing when important things happen. And Oh yeah. Like my agents, they don't have to worry about where their leads are. They just kind of follow what Slack tells them to do. Yeah. Um, So can we get an idea of, like in your agency, I'm sure there's probably automation throughout the whole client prospect journey at some mm-hmm. point, but like you use Infusionsoft, right? Is, do you use any other, like do you use Active Campaign or anything like that, HubSpot? Uh, no, just because, you know, I, I can't say good or bad things about those. It's just what I, what I initially bought and yeah. what, I was, what I learned. So, you know, the whole point is, is that if you, if you just get involved and start doing something, it's better than, than doing nothing. And, and I so, think communication is the key. Yeah. And so is your point behind your automation? Is it to, is, I guess, is there a primary focus of it? Is it to free up your team? Is it to uh, better communicate with clients? Is it to, um, you know, better have inner office communication to communicate with referral partners? Like, is there one main primary focus of it? Or do you just try to like use well, it every way you can? It started out just as prospecting, right? That's where we all want to be. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, so prospecting has been where the emphasis has been spent. Um, however, it's going more into service. So the whole motivation is, is crystal clear communication with clients, but, edu- you know, education based on personal risk management, but now it's getting more into how can we create time? Because I think when we look at, you know, it is a CRM, right? We don't think of what it can do outside of that a lot. Um, You know, guys like Matthias where he's got his form and stuff and useful to do triggers and he's got some great things going on that we spoke about before the show started. Yeah. Uh, I think you can create a lot of time. I think, uh, we're doing things the long way. If anybody in your service staff is sending out an email repetitively, that should be automated. You should just hit a button and it merges in everything and sends it. And it should be standardized, not so standardized that it's like canned and looks like automation. You don't have to go down that road. You can still be a human being in the automation communication. But when I look at the amount of time that my service reps spent sending out the same purpose type email and they're all sending out a little bit different way mm-hmm. it's like no 
no, this happens how many times a day? You know, you can just, now you can just hit a button and, and it's gone. And if you need information, you can attach it in, you know, a, a gravity form or something like that. So, you know, workflows, workflows are, are huge on things that don't finish that need to be checked that are very difficult to cram in that one tab, like in a management system under tasks. Right. Yes. And that's going back to funnel cake for a minute. That's what did it is like, how many tasks can you handle in your, in your prospecting systems, uh, CRM, you know, you, you might be able to handle them a little bit, but they're really just dumb tasks at the end of something. They're really not based on action too much, or you would just flood that thing out and it would become unmanageable. That's why Slack divides it up just to jump back and forth a little bit. It lets the thing breathe and you can see it happen as things happen where, you know, you have easy links in that, in your task and notify channel. That's a sweet spot, huh? It just gets flooded. If you use anything in automation center for cancellations or whatever, that thing will go on eons and yeah. you can get 900, a thousand in there like so quick, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not realistic. So you can use it. Uh, you can use automation and I use Slack right now because it's kind of the thing. There's going to be something coming on at some point that might be a better solution, but right now that's what it is for me. Um, so we can build workflows with the automation just to, to sit there and keep the reminders going as the process goes to its finality. Like for example, cancellations, if you run a cancellation workflow, we do like step one, step two, step three. First of all, is eliminate. Was it a rewrite? Did they die? Did they move? You know, is it a legitimate cancel? And then from there, we can kick off a sequence that will post reminders to VAs to say, check, did it reinstate? If not, you know, it's texting them or, or uh, sending them an email or so forth, depending on what mode of communication we want for that specific client. Or sometimes my agents are picky and they like email or they like text or whatever. Yeah. You can do whatever you want in there. But and then ultimately it comes down to it canceled. You know, um, I don't know if you have Mercury in Arizona, but out here, if you ever bind a policy that doesn't have prior, it can get pretty scary because if you don't have photos for seven days, you know, you could be stuck on the physical damage coverage. So, oh, yeah. So we'll trigger that thing right off and start texting that and emailing the heck out of them so they can't say you didn't tell them. Or even discounts that you chase down all the time that, you may not be able to get at binding, even though you, you really want to just sure. all the time, you know, proof of alarm or good student or whatever. You can put all those on there and let the automation chase it down. So when they call back on the upgrade, they can say, oh, he didn't tell me. No, I kind of did. Yeah. Told you. Like a five day timer. If they have an interior inspection and notify him, that's Matthias. Uh, yeah. That, that's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, you know, let them know what, you know, check these credentials. Here's what it's going to do, what they're going to do. Here's how long it's going to take. Call me if you have any questions. So all those things are just value added that facilitate the relationship that nobody else is doing. I mean, I went for a very long time with probably not even mentioning sometimes, oh, there's going to be an inspection. Right. All that stuff that goes on in the back of your mind that you would like to do, but you just don't have time to do, you can use automation to accomplish, I, I feel 100% of it in the right way. You know? Yeah. 
Do you, um, so you have a fairly large staff team. Are they, or are some of them or all of them spending time in Infusionsoft and your, uh, your Raider CRM, your insurance side? Now they are. Um, service was last, you know, and it'll pick up now since, you know, EasyLink's got the uh, Zapier going. We'll be able to do more things in there. Um, but yeah, because the internal forms uh, that you're aware of, those are going to trigger a lot and help communication, which just creates time, you know. That's the biggest thing is creating time and notifications and workflows and stuff like that will will really free them up. But they don't actually touch the automation. No, they wouldn't. They're like me when I first opened up Infusionsoft. I saw the little lines connect in the sequences and I just wanted to cancel out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you just you just touched on something that um, the EasyLinks piece. So you use EasyLinks for your radar and your insurance side, your, your download grabber, I guess. Um, but they just came out with that Zapier integration. And so you're the only person that I've seen posting about, uh, you're actually using it, testing it. And you just posted something this morning that you seemed pretty excited about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I was already, I have their API, which, you know, basically opens up their system to some degree, but it's so antiquated that it's almost unusable uh, to get stuff back in and, and it really, really needs to be updated. And like I mentioned, Brad, my brother-in-law that created the Slack app, he looked at the API for me and uh, <laughs> it's like, I helped build this thing. They should be giving this thing away for free. You don't even want to use it. Yeah, you know, and I'm like, really? You helped build it? He goes, yeah, I know the guy who created this one. I'm like, wow, okay. But you know, we messed around with it and we were going to struggle with it. And, you know, I could tell like he was fighting it. So uh, we talked with EasyLinks and, you know, they're supposedly going to work with more integration after, after October, but you know, everything in that stuff takes time. Yeah. It's necessarily always their intention or fault um, that's lacking. Right. Um, uh, so the Zapier, I kind of just waited and paused on that, even though that we have, we do have that API. So Zapier, with the, their current functions, allow me to do whatever I want to do in between both systems. So I have it creating and updating all the contact information between the two systems, and it's working perfectly. However, because most CRMs, they'll only merge probably off an email, check dupes and merge off an email. That wasn't going to work for me, man. Some of my, Some of our clients, they might have, you know, geez, seven, eight different, truly genuine and legitimate applicant files that have the same contact information. Yes. So that's going to push in a CRM. If you're yeah. using that merge field to avoid duplicates, you're going to end, it's going to be shot fast and it'll be unusable. So I actually uh, worked with another uh, person and we developed a tool out there that once it goes to Zapier, it actually merges off a custom field and I called that custom field the EasyLinks applicant ID. So your customer app ID that's up in your URL, we're merging off that thing. So we don't, uh, we don't have any chance of duplicates or, or merging the wrong files. Nice. 
So that that was crucial because I could have got I could get into trouble really fast with that one. And then then you do that, your agents get frustrated and you're done. Yeah. And nobody will use it. You know, that you can't I, I I had to take a zero uh, a zero probability for error on that one. <laughs> that that's one of the frustrating things about active campaign is they don't have a unique identifier. I mean, truly unique identifier. They use the customer email address as the unique identifier. Yeah, so, that's the same as Infusionsoft, Josh. Oh, is it really? Oh yeah, it's like the social number. Oh wow. Because yeah. I was when you were just talking about that, I was thinking, oh yeah, I didn't even think about that, that we have like the same customer might have four different accounts inside of easy links. And so like that's gonna screw up in the you know an active campaign if we were pushing information there or back. Like how's it gonna know which one to go to? So you created another go-between basically? Yeah, so the Zapier post sends a, a webhook out to a separate tool that goes in Infusionsoft and checks for the app ID. And if it's there, it updates it. And if it's not there, it creates it. I see. Interesting. Yeah. So that was, it's the only unique identifier I could get. And it was fun because it was kind of painful actually, because <laughs> I had a lot of leads that never made it into Infusionsoft. So I had no app IDs. I couldn't just export a list and upload it in Infusionsoft because the whole duplicate mess, right? Yeah. So I had to pull, I mean, we had like, like a little shy of 30,000 applicants in EasyLinks. And I had 4,600 leads in Infusionsoft that I, that never made it over there. So I had to put it both out, fight with Excel, you know, identify them, you know, uh, find the duplicates, remove those out, and then upload what was remaining into EasyLinks to create the app ID and pull that same list out, upload it back to pre-fill the app ID. Oh yeah. And then pull those lists out, merge them again, because the whole thing's live, right? You're doing it on the fly. So it's yeah. changing while you're working. And uh, so then once you have what's left, then you can upload those into, into Infusionsoft safely. Got it. You have to take a little precaution and then you can hook this stuff up and go from there. Got it. But for us, we had, you can, you know, we converted from AMS 360 last July. So EasyLinks helped us in creating a lot of duplicates It blew apart some households and, you know, so we had a lot of work to, to, to get our database cleaned up. And that's one of the things I can stress. Like if you're, you know, you can turn on automation anytime you want for prospecting and have it really work for you. But if, depending on how old your, your AMS database is and how big it is, you probably got some work to do. Yeah, that makes it's sense. Painful work, but you know, easy links, it wasn't really their fault because our data was kind of messed up in 360 because it was a free for all in there. There was no organization or structure in there. We had like 10 lead sources that are all the same guy because they yeah, yeah. Put it wrong every time, you know? So uh, it just let you do whatever you wanted to do. But easy links has the co-applicant feature, which was solid on correcting that for us. You know, and I ran, before I converted it over, I ran everything through a check number bot. So I knew who had mobiles before EasyLinks converted because I gave them the phone numbers uh, before they did it. But 
Um, anyway, so there's work there for some, some people, it's not that much, you know, but when you're, you know, what am I like 18 years into this? Like, yeah, there's a lot of people that came and left and, you know, 10 years ago, we didn't know that we were going to be using this information. Right. You know, so there was some cleanup to do, but we got on it and, and, uh, it's got it done. There's still a little bit left in inactive clients that are truly prospects. They never had active policies, but we're working through those right now. Gotcha. And so what, um, when it comes to that, I guess let's, I want to talk more about the easy links, mm-hmm. Zapier, um, thing, but it's, you know, we were, we kind of talked about this a little bit before we started mm-hmm. recording, but I'm surprised that you are using easy links because I, I, we use easy links, but mm-hmm. we've only not switched because I haven't been, I haven't felt the massive, massive need push to switch, but there's so many better, I say better, but other options mm-hmm. that are, that are um, seemingly more technologically friendly and, um, I guess you can do more in other agency management systems that are insurance facing. And so I was just really surprised to, to, to know that you're on EasyLinks. Well, I fought it for a long time. I tried the Raider a while ago and I swore I would never mention that name again. I canceled <laughs> it. And, you know, I started looking around and, and uh, seeing what my options were. And I knew for me, it wasn't applied. And especially now, since I set up some, people on automation with applied that thing is so locked down mm. i'll never get anything out of that but um unless they change which is highly unlikely and and uh the thing that did it for me first is the same database for the raider as the manager. i love that to me it's that. that's so powerful uh in my opinion and uh and also the sync to be able to reshop faster retention center is a huge plus that I didn't have anything like that in 360. Yeah. Um, so to be able to see that and act on it is huge. Um, then I was still kind of confused about what I wanted, uh, but going down to the agent links in San Diego the, uh, last year, early last year, there was the people that, that really sold me and their presentations. I'm like, okay, this, I've, I kind of felt like they came and sat in my office for a year and wanted to do the things that I wanted to do. It's going to take them a very long time. If ever they get to it and it's never going to be perfect, but their intentions well, and look what they did with the management system. What has it been like six or seven years right now? And yeah, it's been again, I swore I would even never use the Raider again. It's like no way. But I don't know as an all-in-one anything else that that has what it has um, as far as that goes. Now, where we got our ass kicked, and I'll say that very strictly, is the accounting piece just rolled us over because AMS 360's accounting piece was uh, bulletproof, really. Well, they integrate with QuickBooks, and it's just not the best. We have it integrated, and we use it. It's just for my for the person that handles commissions in my office, you know, she's used to running bigger companies and it goes against like everything we do. She, oh yeah. Yeah. But she's found the quirks in it and she knows where the errors happen. And we rely on the integration for the trust account in your QuickBooks. 
it's not ideal. I believe they're working on it. I mean, I still have to have my commission statements emailed to me every month in Excel and we format them here because we can't push the, the volume into QuickBooks uh, for the transaction. So we had to switch oh. to summary mode and that only gives us an invoice and there's no way I'm going to give my agents an invoice and say, here's your <laughs> Yeah. Uh, just like me, I would want to know what the hell am I getting paid on and they deserve yeah, yeah. it. So um, there are um, in, in a couple groups and a couple different <clears throat> areas, a lot of agents, including myself, mm. have griped quite a bit about EasyLinks um, and their, how slow they are to move and add when at least a handful of people are saying, change this, change this, open this, you know, make it better, let's go, let's go. Um, I mean, what do you, do you feel like people are being impatient that it's a large company and it just takes a long time to switch or? Uh, you know, that's a struggle for me because you gotta understand, I got on AMS 360 in 2005 and they didn't do anything that, which put lipstick on it called platform and it, it was really the same thing underneath it. So to me, they, to me, they moved fast yeah. because AMS didn't do anything and they still can't even get either one of their raters in the same database. And yeah. they didn't even have a CRM or you had to buy it separate and pay all these Microsoft fees. And, and the last quote I got for that before I decided to leave, it was more expensive than the management system. Oh. What I came from this is an unbelievable experience for me because the amount of time that it saves my agents and they fought, they kicked and screamed and I'm, you know, but now they're on it. You want to go back to FSC and 360? Oh, hell no. Yeah. They, they would kill me. Um, so, you know, I, I, and also too, I tend to be a little bit more compassionate and especially in the way that I, I try to talk with them to, to get stuff done because just, just with what I'm doing is you're constantly evolving and you got to update and it's, it gets really hard and you, and it's live, you know, I mean, it's, it's rolling and businesses are depending upon it and you don't know what those changes you push in, what they're going to affect somewhere else and mistakes are going to happen. I mean, how many times they push out an update and just roll it right back? Yeah. You know, oh, I didn't think about that. That thing's, a yeah. you know, um, I'm a minuscule, you know, I'm like a little micro thing or what, what they're doing. So I can understand what, what they're doing there. Um, I question if they're on the right technology, you know, but for me with where I'm at right now, I, I think it's the best choice, even though my, my accounting department hates it. If you can call it yeah. commissions department and bookkeeping and all that. Um, that's been a struggle for them, but for the agents, oh man, it's a win-win. Yeah, you know, we're, we're testing out submission center right now for commercial and that's nice. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are really, really benefit about it. And, you know, I think a lot of people jump ship a lot without realizing the tools that they do have. Yeah. Um, you know, I see people like, oh, I'm changing here or changing there. And it's like, wow, man, I can't believe how much you change management systems. You know? Well, I think, you know, if you have a one or two person team, that might be something that's more doable. But when you're talking large agencies, that's yeah. a, a whole other issue. Um, so um, for, 
a new or somebody who's wanting to start implementing some auto automation in their agency, what would you say would be, you know, some of the things they should think about or prepare for or whatever before just going and signing up for a, you know, system and, and jumping in? I would say see demos, ask people, um, see before you buy for sure. That was my mistake. Um, and uh, really, what, what is it that is holding you back right now? Is it on service or is it on sales? If it's on sales, do you have a lead flow that you're going to be consistent with, right? We, we talked a little bit about that. Is it something that brings you in the type of leads that fit your target market that can provide a high enough closing ratio on them to make it worth your time? And, and if not, what else is there? Like, where's your business coming from? If it's referrals, what can we do there? Is it, you know, winbacks, what can you do there? Or, you know, all the dead leads that, that you have just sitting there. Is there something there? So, and then on the service side, what is your pain points? Um, it's, uh, there's so much to do and it just depends. But if you're gonna go in the service side, you gotta make sure your database is clean first and you have to go through the pain. I did not wanna do that. We spent three or four weeks just straight doing that. So really, I mean, I think it's something that even if you're thinking about going down automation for to, to help support servicing and client communications and so forth. Even if you're not ready, you should start preparing it. And just like, just like uh, what was it, Jason Cass said at, uh, at Innovation last year, it's like our value is gonna be on data. And yeah. I, I, think, I think he's dead on there. Like what's the quality of your, of your data and how usable is it? Uh, for yourself or whoever you sell it through. Nobody wants to buy your, your client database if you don't have any emails or phone numbers. You know, you rely on Outlook to type their name and populate the guy to send it out. Um, you know, so just getting sound on there. And then where's the current staff? Because I can see staff being a big or team or whichever way you want to call it. Um, they could kill it before it even begins, even on the yeah. prospecting side. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was funny because I was watching an artificial intelligence uh, little something or another from this lady at Hartford. And she goes, you know, once we get off these legacy platforms, we're going to have a legacy people problem. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, you got to start working through that a little bit unless you're getting ready to retire. And, uh, I can tell you about the agencies that I know, one person can kill the whole thing. Um, they don't give it a shot. They can piss right on it before they even start working on it. And uh, typically those people might be the most trusted. Yeah. The, you know, the, the one that is being expected to hold the place together. Um, and with that said, you know, is that so? I think, a friend of mine recently kind of went through that, you know, been with him since day one and found out that really nothing was going on. And, and uh, yet it was really just discouraging for the entire rest of the staff. Pop that one out. Oh, the place is brand new and thriving. Everybody wants to learn productions up. And it was that guy that was isolated, right? Never. He's untouchable. 
can never, and, and he was the single biggest reason holding the agency back and couldn't even get, you know, easy links in correctly and get the, the clients assigned correctly and stuff. So, but you know, there was so much trust and loyalty and time behind it that it was never questioned. It was just assumed he was doing the right thing. So you have to, for me, I had to go back and say, what are you doing? Okay. Let me see how you do that. What are you sending them? You know, because you might be quite shocked at some of the processes that are going around that you assume. So I would say open up your eyes and get involved. And I'm not, I'm not kind of pointing fingers at anybody. I'm just saying, this is my experience is like, how are you doing that? How long does it take you to do that? Oh my gosh. What are you saying in that email? Right. You know, and it's like, wait, that's not consistent at all with what we are doing. Over explaining, under explaining, being in a rush. You know what I mean? It's yeah, not yeah. that it's not that it was bad, bad. It was just like, mm, there's a better way to do this. Yeah. So that's kind of like a long-winded thing, but I would say get to work inside, get involved, learn the tools that you have and what you don't need to automate and use those effectively. And then um, you know, get the people excited that change is happening. Um, and get them on board. I mean, we've even been watching like we have on Tuesdays. Uh, like a video lunch and it's all about change. It's all about getting on the next thing. And the messages are all about, look at, we're going this way. Who in the room doesn't fit? Because we're going to have to sit down when we get there. Yeah. I really, I really want you there. I do. But just know that we're going We're you have plenty of time. It's like a year. We're all going to be on the same path speak the same message, you know, in your own way. But, uh, I, you know, that legacy people think she hit me right like a ton of bricks with that. Because mm -hmm. you got people that fight. They'll fight you all the time and, and they just don't want change. Not that they're bad people. They just don't want any change. Yeah. I think you have to. You, we're in a time right now where you got to drive costs down. And, you know, the one thing I left out when I said personal risk management and automation is – also using that automation with VAs. You got to drive your cost into the ground and, and build the relationships better than ever right now. And, and it'll be the most exciting time to be in the business for me. You know, it'll be just, yeah, there's so much opportunity and so much that we can go after if we just get it right. <laughs> yeah. But people are the, people are the problem and then processes. How are we going to do this? And then, you know, that's a long wind, but if, if you got work to do there, that's going to take time. Just focus on it and take the time to do that as you can. I'm kind of like an all or nothing. So we're just going to go dive into the almost 30,000 names and we're all going to pull together and sort it out, get everybody on board and do it. Um, Cause I want it out of the way. I'm too desperate to start using this stuff. Mm -hmm. On the prospecting side, anybody can go that route. So if you have a quality lead flow that you can pipe in there, whatever its form, put it in there. Even if it's just into a referral into like a quoting, a quote sent follow-up nurture into like a, you know, a, a welcome campaign that, that builds that relationship. Anything you can do to get those extra touch points in an elegant way with what your brand represents is saving time. And especially on the people that, you either lost or before they became a client or after they became a client and always be working the leads. No lead ever dies out anymore unless they opt out 
or they become a client. Mm -hmm. They're just going to stay in an infinite loop. That's a long journey. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so that's the, that's my message. It's like, you can put literally how many, whatever the lead count is behind each agent with automation, you just record the voicemails appropriately and you can basically have how many telemarketers you're behind them as you want. And you don't have to do anything. You don't have to hire dialers. You don't have to manage them. You don't have to pay them. You know, it's like two cents to four cents a voice drop. It's like, you're never going to be able to do that. And not only that, it's not somebody else calling that didn't talk to them before. This is in your agent's voice. So, right. so that's the, that's the big plus is work that back in, close the door and stop, you know, for me, stop wasting leads that will never be called in the future. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, um, Hey, if, if people have questions about anything we've talked about, or if they'd like help setting up automation or, um, you know, talking to you, whatnot, how can they find you? Where's the best place? Um, the Facebook group, uh, peer potential insurance automation, or just, uh, peer dash potential.net is the website. And then okay. if you're feeling really crafty, you want to try out an automated conversation, which by the way, we don't use insurance that much, but, uh, it's 949-536-7824. Once again, 949-536-7824. Just, uh, text the word automate to that. And it'll go through and shoot you out in an email with some stuff. Sweet. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll link to all those on the in the show notes. So right, cool. um, anybody can grab it there too. Cool. Awesome. Chad, yeah. thank you so much, man. I appreciate your time. Great. Um, Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Keep uh keep trucking with the um Zapier integration because I want you to show me what I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to to figure it out and I'll just jump on your coattails and I got that down. I can help you out with that. It's just the main thing awesome. is integrating it, the database. Cool, man. Well, thanks again. Cool. Everyone who's listening, if you've not subscribed yet, please do so wherever you're listening. It really helps us out. Leave a comment, uh, message me. If you have any questions, um, I'd love to chat. Thank you again. <laughs>